Welcome back, agents, to another episode of Prime Tips. I've got an expert here this time. It is Agent Vane. He's he's green. Don't hold it against him. But he's an okay kind of guy. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about anomalies. Hopefully we'll get to get one back. I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard much about anomalies, but I'm sure they're just trying to keep that quiet. You think so, Vane? Yeah, no, nothing yet. Nothing yeah. official yet. I'm assuming really we need to get a little bit further along in mm-hmm. vaccine availability and uh, a lot of large scale events for outside of ingress are still being canceled yeah. or held remote. So, yeah. so that's that's probably where we're at. But, you know, there's a lot, a lot that goes on during an anomaly and each one's a little bit different and each one has its own rules. There's some things that kind of stay the same. And when it comes down to winning, uh, there is a winner and there's scoring. And that's what we're going to look at is some of the rules and uh, some of the scoring. So let's look at some of the rules. Uh, now, this is from. Oh, how long ago was this? This would have been. Myriad, probably what, you 2019, you think? 2019. Oh, yeah, that was definitely 2019. 2019 so. So it, it, they have the different events that they have, uh, one of them being a shard battle, uh, which is quite different from shards whenever you're talking about shards on a worldwide scale. Um, longest link path. And I think they had probably had a unique portal hack as well in that one. Yes. Yeah. Marriott Anomalies had a unique portal hack, shard battle, and longest link path. Right. So there was three events. And those three events go pretty much simultaneously. Is that right? Yep. Everything simultaneous uh, within the anomaly window. But uh, the, the scoring was each, each of the individual games had its own scoring. Uh, and then you had to pay attention to the, the checkpoint times mm-hmm. to kind of get the full picture of everything. Right. And checkpoint times are typically 20 minutes, I think, before they take measurements. Is that right? Yeah, for the... I'd have to look at the exact times, but Mm -hmm. uh, it was the window of... You had the measurement window, so you'd have... Really, at anomalies, it would always be referred to as a measurement window. Right. And then I believe for Marriott, it was uh, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. So it was every 20 minutes. Um, And then each game within that, you would have to you know really be working hard on it during the measurement window and then for unique portal hacks that was always just revealed at the end yeah just hack 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 all the time and uh that comes out as we'll see that can really swing make a difference uh, on an anomaly um so sometimes your side may decide hey measurement two we're really going to work on the longest link path or you know number three we're going to work on the shard battle or they may just try to do them all um and the scoring We'll see this a little bit different because uh, sometimes they take the best of one round. Uh, and sometimes they average stuff together. So shard battle, you can see there that they're talking about a jump. Uh, it has to be a level four portal existing and uh, doesn't need to be fully resonated. But uh, you can try to get it to move. 
and longest link path. That one's kind of hard to keep keep in your head uh, because you had a start and an end. Well, a start portal. Uh, so each team had their own start portal, and then you wanted to make that jump from that portal to another portal to another portal. And if I was right, the the scoring changed. So you know the first jump didn't count quite as much as the second jump, and if you had a third one, it counted more with a multiplier. So if you got you know five jumps, that fifth jump was worth more, depending upon its length. Is that that right? I think. Yeah, the uh, longer, the better. The first link in a link path being counted. Uh, the second is, I think, twice, and then it, it just kind of like goes up exponentially there for a, a little bit, mm-hmm. up to eight. I think eight was the, yeah. the maximum yeah. that you could have, at least for the Marriott anomalies. Yeah, um, and then the, you know you get crazy things like if it looped back, where do you count? Is that you know? Is that six links, eight links, seven links? And they, they answered all those questions when they uh, had this document up for people. So the big thing there was you had to keep your base alive. I think that happened to the resistance a couple times in Chicago, that they they get it strung out and then somebody would kill the base right at, at measurement time. And uh, All about the base portals. All Yeah, it's all about the base. <laughs> um, so... Then each anomaly will have some sort of benefit that comes out afterwards. So the winning side will get something. Um, I can't remember exactly what this one was. It's, I think that they got choice of key advantages. Yeah, for the Nemesis sequence finale, similar to the prime anomalies, at the finale there were going to be a number of key advantages that you would win during the the anomalies leading up to the finale. Mm-hmm. So the the faction that would win Marriott would get to decide the key advantage that they would be able to use within the Nemesis sequence finale, mm-hmm. which uh, as we all know hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting on that eventually. Yeah. But it should happen. Uh, so if, yeah, if you're looking online, the, the, there they have the shard battle link path, so they have the times uh, so 20, 20, 40, like you said, 60, 80, 100, 120, 180. The other thing that you will probably see is uh, they do a lot of ornamentation of portals, and different ornamentations mean different things, even so much that, you know, if, if you went to one, you you probably got a card. I'm sure the green had a card something like this. That oh, said, yeah, I've you got, know, got a couple of mine hanging up over over here, yeah, just out of reach. <laughs> yeah, so they say things, you know, link to pink in our case because a pink was a resistance research portal, and I think the enlightened was yellow that year, that particular one. Correct, yep. Yeah. And so they give you all kinds of information on those. Usually they'll have like, uh, here's one from uh, Madison. I don't know if you can see that. But, the, you know, it has explanations of the games that they're playing, uh, the times of the different um, – measurements and things like that so these were kind of invaluable i always thought it was kind of stupid though because you know the idea was stealth and here i'm wearing this thing that says i'm resistance but you guys had yours as well so yeah i think it reached a point where both factions were were doing the little like cheat sheet cards and it mm-hmm. just became something where yeah if you really wanted to stealth you could just put it in your pocket or <laughs> 
just out of sight, out of mind, tuck it under a shirt or something. Yeah. But it doesn't take long to figure out who's who, though. You know, when you're standing yeah. on one street corner and there's four guys on the other side and things are blowing up, hey, those are the frogs. And so I think it gets to a point too, or at least you know, in the in the lead up to post pandemic anomaly landscape, so many folks that would attend anomalies would get to know each other, even across the mm-hmm. faction divide that. You see a lot of familiar faces, and it's kind of hard to hide from that. (laughs) It is. It is. And throughout the day, you learn who's who real quick, and it it doesn't take long in stealth. It's broken. Uh, So on the screen are some examples of the base portals. So that was the base portal for the Resistance and the one for uh, the Enlightened, and that would have been the start of it. Um, Zone portals? I don't remember the zone portals. So the Anomaly Zone portal was just to mark all of the portals that are inside what they refer to as the anomalous zone. So that is the border at which the anomaly is occurring, occurring in, excuse me. (laughs) That's right. And um, that was always sort of something where, you know, you would have it on a map in the lead up to the anomaly, but there was never really a visual indicator of where all of the individual anomaly portals were. And with the anomaly zone markers, it just makes it very clear, like, yes, you are inside the anomaly zone, or no, you're, you're outside of it. Right. And then those kind of just blend in. You know, if you're looking at screenshots, you see them all over everything. But during the action, you're always focused on, you know, where are those base portals? Where are the research nodes? Where are the shards spawning? And you're really just kind of looking for those other ornaments that differ from the anomaly zone yeah. ornament. And they have a play box, and that play box is was usually what put out a couple weeks before. I typically, think. yeah, yeah. And uh, so, typically, as soon as that play box was out, people would get inside that play box and just farm the crap out of it. So everybody would have keys, um, and that makes a big difference when you're doing like links and and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so, scoring scoring changes uh, a little bit. Uh, typically, here's one that they give you the 40 points for the unique portal hacks. And again, as, as Vane said, you won't know that till the end. Then the other two, the longest link path and the shard battle is 100 points possible, but you get your percentage. So if, you know, if we split it 60-40, uh, the resistance we get 60 for one and and the Lightning we get 40 for that one. And maybe the other one, the Lightning stomped us and they got, you know, 80-20. And so it's you come up with some kind of crazy scores doing that, but it's uh, it's that unique portal hack that's all or nothing that that can really swing stuff one way or the other. Yeah, Um, that really started making it interesting when, you know, traditional anomalies before the unique portal hacks were in place really became a raw numbers game. mm -hmm. Just who could push out the most in terms of registration, whereas the unique portal hack, sort of the way that Niantic averaged the measurement, you know, throwing out the top 15%, the lowest 15%, really made it more competitive uh, against that just raw number advantage. Right. I know that I was uh, basically told, you know, go over to that street corner and just run frogs around and hack everything, you know, because I got into that anomaly late. So I wasn't in on on the planning on the other stuff. And uh, so, yeah, they compartment. well, at least on our side, they compartmentalize the information. You know, if it's a need-to-know basis and you don't really need to know, go over there and do this. Okay. 
but uh, you, you get an idea of, of the overall as well. So you've got the measurements that you have to look at, um, the site scoring, which usually is kind of a mystery if you're out in the field sometimes, uh, trying to keep up with what's going on. Um, and typically when you have an anomaly, there is, well, and again, I don't know if it's going to be this way, but at least in past, it had been there was a rallying point. It, you know, it could be uh, a hotel or someplace like that that everybody kind of starts from. Hopefully that's close to the play box. Chicago, it seemed like it was two miles away. but um, So you would come together there to kind of start and then go out into the field, do the whole anomaly, and then come back to that spot for the official announcement of the scores and, you know, people telling tall tales and, you know, camaraderie and, and all that other good stuff that, that happens at that time. Um, so I, I don't know. I've only been to a couple. Uh, I think Madison was a little bit different that they didn't do that. I don't know if that was, they were trying to move away from the big rally point or not. So the, the, the photos at the beginning of anomalies have always been something that the community has sort of been divided on in terms of, do we forgo the photo in, in lieu of strategy, or do we all attend the photo in case Niantic has a, a card up their sleeve? Uh, I know there were a few anomalies, I want to say Aegis Nova, where there was requirement that in order to win faction-specific intel, all registered participants had to be at the photo location Ooh. because Niantic would call out random names of agents and if they weren't present, they couldn't win an intel package. So those weren't strictly a, a scoring advantage, but it was mm -hmm. something where the intel package might contain volatile portal names, which you might as well just count that right off the bat as as free points to some extent, because yeah. just knowing where those portals are in advantage can really make it a lot easier for any particular faction to, to hold those throughout a measurement window. Yeah. So... It's always been a little bit of a back and forth. I know it also depends on if it's a primary or a satellite location and uh, really down to what the POCs are uh, petitioning Niantic to do and uh, what Niantic expects from us as agents. Okay. I, I kind of shoot for newer agents, so there might have been a few things in there they didn't know. POCs, point of contact, right? And then what's the difference between a satellite and the other one? So a satellite and a primary anomaly, the only real difference is the Niantic presence. So a mm -hmm. primary anomaly generally has Niantic staff on site and a little bit more fanfare. So those official after parties that you had mentioned or the official rallying point, the, the mm -hmm. photo, those more often than not are happening exclusively at primary anomalies. Whereas satellite sites, there might be a Niantic staff on location to do an generic announcements at the end for scoring but really niantic is a lot more hands-off in the actual anomaly day and they're only available for the planning and the lead up and the so you'd have a primary and your satellites running on the same date correct yes yeah and a few of the the later series here in nemesis sort of changed that up to where there weren't really any satellite locations. All of the locations were almost basically treated as primary in terms of their scoring. So that, I believe, was an attempt to to get Niantic back in the anomaly game 
a little bit more in the mm-hmm. player's uh, you know presence. But then we also had during the Nemesis series, I believe Marriott, where uh, there were no Niantic staff at any locations. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that big difference because Chicago was well, it was the prime prime. I mean, it, everything was on the line for Chicago, and so there was a lot of presence there. And then, of course, Madison wasn't wasn't that way. It was a satellite, I think, and so it was more like a homegrown. I mean, not nothing against it, but you could tell the difference. Uh, so, and you talked about preparation before time. Uh, one of the big things is if you know where those volatiles are at or those important portals, uh, you <laughs> get on the timetable and flip them. Uh, before things start, that way, if if the opposing side comes in and says, "Oh, we'll just we'll just flip these to the last minute before the measurement, and we'll capture them," and that doesn't always work, does it? Yeah, inoculation strategy is always a hotly debated topic, mm-hmm. and I, I think you know it's always obvious that both factions, to some extent, are are looking at what they're going to do for their their preparation and the lead up to the anomaly. You had mentioned, uh, you know, key farming. Uh, prior is something that occurs you, you've got teams that are organized you've got preparation for inventory loadouts uh, sometimes as much detail as how you dress day of you had mentioned <laughs> you know trying to be that stealth team yeah uh, and then depending on the anomalies sometimes you have the what i would like to refer to as the extracurriculars so your your goruck tie-in events the yep. intel ops and all of those lovelies and usually, I mean, they typically they might have like a mission day that follows it the following day, or I don't know if they have anything. Well, go ruck before. Uh, go ruck before for the stealth ops was always the the night before the actual anomaly, and mm-hmm. and sometimes the intel ops would also be on site, which would be the night before. Um, and those were just sort of you would win additional intel for the anomaly day itself. So going back more towards. Know, the location of those volatiles or in the Marriott series, maybe figuring out where some of those base portals are in advance for longest link path or where a shard spawn might be. Yeah. And those could be one through Goruck or through Intel Ops. Yeah. So really you're looking at like three days of ingress, hardcore, if if you want to get into everything. Um, field preparation, um, they clear the field clear the play box every now and then. Yes, yes. So because of inoculation strategies and to try to offset any uh, faction-specific advantages, uh, Niantic would, I believe they referred to it as, you know, just neutralizing the play box. Uh, there might have been another specific term there, but I apologize. It's been, it's been quite a while since we've had an anomaly. <laughs> but essentially what they would do is they would pick a, uh, a random time within either like the hour before or sometime right before the first measurement would occur, and the play box would become gray during that moment. And uh, generally, it was a rolling gray, so you would see portals becoming neutralized by you know phantom agents uh, just all across the board. But Spoofers. with with how many agents are on location during an anomaly, the joke was always sort of that 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 graying didn't really amount to much because as soon as the portals would go gray, they'd be recaptured again. Yeah, and uh, you know the inoculation timers did not get reset right. during those neutralizations. So, so really, it was secure the portals again for your faction, and 
and hope that the inoculation timer was to your advantage. Yeah, and I'm sure it kind of helped you out because if if you, you know, this one needs to be green, but it's blue, well, we'll just wait for it to roll through and we'll make it green or make it blue so you can change it. Um, so scoring is the thing at the end. So look at some scoring. Now, what we're looking at here is the Chicago scoring. And we picked Chicago. Well, I'll, I'll admit, I picked Chicago because we won. And it was, as, as we'll probably talk about, it, it was it was quite a deal. But it actually had four events in there. Is that correct? Capture battle, shard, artifact, and unique portal hacks. Um, and so those were, I think the, was it the shard battle was a percentage, was a, quarter or how did that one work so each had each had their own uh associated point value mm -hmm. and uh like artifact collection shard battle every you know unique portal hack had a you know percentage in, in some respects to the full score mm -hmm. that could be achieved for that anomaly site so but i think that the unique portal hack was an all or nothing Yes, yeah, the points uh, for Unique Portal Hacker are traditionally an all-or-nothing. Right. So the other you know, three, uh, the Capture Battle, the Sharp Battle, the Artifact Collection, that was sort of a, you can win a portion of that uh, from the available pool of points based on the, the percentages. And the thing is, you know, just your regular you know, agent on the street may not understand that, you know, well, well I don't understand how, how do we get 65 points and they got none, or, you know, what is the difference here? And that, that was a big thing with what happened in Chicago. Uh, being on ground in Chicago, I, I got to admit, I just thought we were getting our ass handed to us. I mean, everything was green in the play box most of the day. And, and so it just didn't look good to, you know, the uninitiated agent in the field. So much so that, like we talked about, he came back together, uh, that, that large... Uh, room and where they're going to announce who's got what scores and winners and stuff like that. I, I left early. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I was like, uh, there's no way we're going to win this thing, you know? And lo and behold, when I was halfway to where I needed to go to pick up my wife, I heard some news. Um, so yeah. So when I was in the room, the, the feeling was, it was a very jubilant green feeling in that room and a lot of downtrodden resistance players. But you were in the room when they made the announcement and that changed a little bit. Yeah. I'd say it was a, you know, across the board, it was a complete, uh, like, I don't think anyone in that room was expecting the, the outcome, maybe, maybe a few folks, but, uh, I think it surprised a lot of folks yeah. and really, you know, it came down to make or break one, one individual person could have probably thrown the score in either direction. Right. Uh, I have seen very few anomalies that have been, that close that I've been in personal attendance for. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think general air, um, you know, the team that I had on the ground that day, we were just greening things up and, and trying to do our, our best, but we tried to also just keep pushing ahead because you never really know until it's over yeah. and you can't count on, well, all of these portals are green. Does that mean we're, you know, landslide victory? No, you, you have <laughs> to keep fighting. And the same goes if you're, you know, a member of the resistance, just because, it looks like you're winning or it looks like you're losing. Uh, you just got to keep fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing was that 
I don't think we knew. We kind of had an idea about uh, capture and shards. Uh, artifact collection, I think that swung really late in the day. And, of course, unique portal hacks. We didn't know until they actually made the announcement. So that's that was the big thing. So that was a difference of, uh, I think it was like five points difference. So, yeah, any little bit could have made the difference on that one. So the scoring then for that individual anomaly, you have a winner. And then... If you look at what happens uh, across the world on a day, you have final scores. Um, and there's kind of a kind of a rolling thing there because they'll start in I was what's the first area that they start with? Japan. Uh, yep, generally APAC. APAC. And then they'll move across Europe and you'll see some of those come in. And then we're kind of the tail end of the whole deal in the United States. So uh, sometimes I, I don't know if it's like voting that, you know, that we look at like, oh, we're getting our you know, butts handed to us. It's not worth doing, but I don't think that's a deal, actually. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of times for the American anomalies, you, know, you wake up on the morning of the anomaly and you're hearing the scores from all the other regions. And it's like, OK, uh, <laughs> more pressure is on you at that point because your anomaly site holds so much more value yeah. based on how performance was for the other other uh major regions yeah because if yeah like you said if the the two other regions are you know one side's just ahead by two and there's three sites uh we we need to get our two out of those three sites so typically each region has three sites is that right i know with the uh nemesis uh sequence events i believe they were aiming for for three across all of the regions so each region would have one site um and then that sort of that was shifting around and changing based on just a lot of different factors uh, during Nemesis. But uh, it either is a multi-weekend affair or a single weekend affair in traditional history. So you would have the Marriott Anomaly series, and it would either be a single weekend where each region has you know an anomaly in it, or maybe there's two anomalies in, in this region spread out by multiple hours. So it can it can really vary based on what uh, scheduling they come up with and the, the scoring. Mm-hmm. And that one weekend could carry over to the the other weekend. So you, you might have that going on. So uh, that's a lot of stuff about anomalies. If you ever get a chance to go to one, go to one. They are a blast. You might have to do a little bit of travel. Speaking of travel, there are agents that travel literally across the world for these things. Um, I know in Chicago, I met agents from Europe, China, all over. Uh, again, that was a little different because it was a big one. But so what else do you have? Yeah, I, I think I would say the same thing. If you get the opportunity, uh, even if it's not something that's traditionally in what you would view your wheelhouse for ingress, mm-hmm. uh, anomalies are a blast. Once we're post pandemic, I'm, I'm, Looking forward to celebrating my twentieth anomaly on the ground at some point. Oh, wow. So, well, that's only hopefully ten- it'll be a finale to something. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. That's only ten more, ten times more than I've got. I've only got two <laughs> under my belt. And speaking of those anomalies, hexathlons. How do those figure in? So hexathlons completely different in terms of uh, you know anomaly is its own category of mm-hmm. events, and hexathlons are their own 
individual category. They are similar to anomalies in the way that uh, scoring plays out, where it's a live event. Mm-hmm. Um, you typically hack a registration portal, so there's that meetup or rally point that you had talked about, and then there's a defined period of time. I believe they were about an hour and a half. So uh, you would have a few things in there, uh, artifact collection, unique portal hacks, trekker distance, uh, deploys, any sort of game metrics that they could throw at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and unlike an anomaly, hexathlons are more individual uh, stat competition. So you could be competing with other members of the resistance as much as you're competing against enlightened that are on the ground that day. So it's kind of a step between a first Saturday in person, first Saturday and the anomaly might, might be something that's kind of good to take as a step going towards an anomaly. I I know that there was actually a couple of, well, there was an anomaly in St. Louis, which was close to me. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm, you know, got all my big boy pants enough to be able to take part in an anomaly. But that that's a wrong attitude. I mean, you know, first-time players. I mean, I think I saw some level two and level three agents at the anomaly. I'm like, wow. But I guess if you live in Chicago, that's a little different too. But, yeah, it, it, it is for everyone. And I, I had that feeling that I'm not going to be able to give to my team much because I don't have, you know, the big boom and that kind of stuff. It's like, no, no, you just go out and hack as much as you can. And – by golly, that made the difference. So, yeah, there's a place for everybody. So, Yeah, and especially with the, the extra things. You've got GORUCK, you've got Intel Ops. There's a lot of decoding challenges now. And it's it's really just a uh, event celebrating Ingress and celebrating the, the different types of competition that are out there. The future? What are we looking at as a possibility? I know that you just – nobody knows – but uh, what is the guess? As soon as we- I would really hope that when things get to be a little bit safer in terms of vaccination uptake and restrictions lifting in different portions of the world, that mm-hmm. we kind of ease back into things. So I'd like to see uh, in-person first Saturday's return once it's safe to do so, and then maybe a few hexathlons thrown out there just to kind of test the waters a little bit for uh, larger. Uh, meetups and then once we're sort of back into the swing where conventions are are occurring again in the world i think at that time it would really be appropriate to to try uh, for another anomaly and uh, just see what can happen Uh, i also think niantic is in a position now where so many things are starting to come to the prime scanner as you've been you know talking about that really uh the future of anomalies could be anything. So yeah. we could see some completely new things coming down the pipe that uh, nobody knows about. Yeah, I was, I, w- I was talking about uh, battle beacons, and I could really see a battle, a battle beacon playing a big part in the first Saturday. I mean, it shouldn't be huff- tough to put that in as, quote-unquote, a game. But I, I could see that very well. God, it'd be just completely nuts. But throwing off, you know, 20 or 30 battle beacons at an anomaly, that's insane oh yes yeah i i almost think that the way that the battle beacon was designed you know it really seems like it's an anomaly style Mm -hmm. visual indicator because so much of the anomaly scoring happens outside of the scanner you don't really see when those measurements occur you don't know the exact timing yeah and uh the visual feedback is just 
you have to keep playing because you, you don't really know how things are going. Yeah. So the battle beacon, the little box that appears above the portal that contains some of the scoring details, if, if that would be present on portals during an anomaly, showing you a little bit more detail for maybe here's the sway percentage-wise for how things are going, mm-hmm. uh, I think that could make it a lot more interesting. Do we have any anomalies where Prime was the only scanner? The Umbra, Umbra Anomalies. Umbra did. That was a Prime yeah. only. So it might have been, it might have been, you know, the Anomalies passed because they were kind of strangled by the limitations of the redacted scanner. And now they have the ability to do a lot more with the scanner uh, since it's on a whole new code base and everything. So who knows? Maybe that, maybe they'll have something like that built in. So, okay. Well, I thank you a lot, Agent Vane. Uh, I hope that I see you in the field sometime under a cover of blue, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Not if I have anything to say with (laughs) That's right. All right. And I hope I see you in the field sometime soon, agents. So long. You want to keep Prime Tips coming your way? Then consider becoming a Prime Tips supporter. For as little as a buck a month, you can support Prime Tips as we give you new ways to enjoy Ingress and your Ingress Prime Scanner. So throw us a buck or two. We can use it for important things like gas, food, frackers, and most importantly, creating Prime Tips, podcasts, and videos. That's right, I said videos. Every Prime Tip audio podcast has a Prime Tips video to go with it because, you know, sometimes it's just easier to see something done instead of hearing how something's done. So, become a Prime Tips supporter. Visit bit.ly slash Prime Tips support. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash capital P-R-I-M-E capital T-I-P-S capital S-U-P-P-O-R-T. And to watch our videos, go to bit.ly slash Prime Tips video. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash capital P-R-I-M-E capital T-I-P-S capital V-I-D-E-O. Check the show notes for these and other Prime Tips links. Thanks.